Ni hao, and welcome back to the Panda Cub Stories podcast. Stories told in Mandarin Chinese and English. This is episode 13 of our season 1, Chinese Myths and Legends. So in our last episode, we saw a familiar scene. May lost in her thoughts, and a shady, skulking Shah who, again, seems to be in the right place at the right time. Or is it in the wrong place at the wrong time? As May hurries towards the secret cave where her seven sisters wait, Shaw slinks off after her. Will May's secret be discovered? Today we find out in Part 7 of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid story. Chapter 19, Shadow, Ying. Shah's search for wine had ended. He now clutched a jug of cheap rice wine, taking frequent swigs as he continued to bemoan his rotten luck. As he grumbled his way back to his house, something caught his eye. A slight figure, long hair and two neat braids, disappearing around a street corner. Shah narrowed bloodshot eyes. He knew those braids. Shah adjusted his jug of wine and set off in pursuit, shadowing May's footsteps. Her bracelets, those pretty and expensive, he thought to himself, trinkets clinked, and a night wind carried their music to Shah's ears. Shah followed stealthily, with quiet footsteps, careful to keep out of sight. Shah needn't have bothered with subterfuge, though, not tonight. May was completely lost in thought. My cave, May thought. My feet are taking me towards my cave, where my sisters wait. Chapter 20, the Erzhijang, Reunion, Chongfeng. Shah followed the girl away from the village and towards the seashore. The sun was beginning to set, and a cold wind swirled her cloak around her. As the girl hurried along, her twin braids danced in the wind. Shah soon realized that the girl was heading toward an ivy-covered cluster of rocks, which rested at the foot of a mountain ridge. Shah hung back, taking care to stay out of sight. The girl had stopped by the cluster of rocks. Shah watched as she lifted a hand toward the climbing ivy, stepped forward and somehow into the rocks themselves. Shah blinked in confusion and rubbed at his eyes. She had disappeared. Shah gurgled the rest of his wine and hurried closer to where the girl had vanished. He began to run his hands across the ivy-strewn rock surface, when suddenly he stopped. What was this? Instead of more rock, Shah felt emptiness behind the thick ivy. He brushed the foliage aside and saw an entrance, narrow, hidden, and just large enough for a person to squeeze through. Through the entrance, Shah could just make out a faint glimmer of light. Shah squeezed his way into the opening. His belly, bloated by spirits, chafed uncomfortably against the rocks. But finally, he was through. 
Sha crept along the semi-darkness of the cave, sweating profusely. When he reached another cluster of rocks, he half crouched behind them, peering over his makeshift wall to see without being seen. Sha stared at the scene before him. It looked as if the girl was sitting, somehow, at the center of a large crystalline pool. Her hair had been loosened from her braids, and they streamed down to her shoulders in ebony sheets, fanning out into the water. Though Sha could only see her back, he knew this to be the same wench he'd followed from the village. He would have recognized her glittering bracelets anywhere. May sat lotus-like upon a large, flat stone at the center of the pool. With eyes closed, she raised both arms, which were bare but for the sea hearts that adorned one wrist. Her skin glowed, pearl-like, in the cave's light. Slowly, she lowered her extended arms toward the water. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Gently, May tapped the water with her fingertips. Spots of light appeared where her fingers met water. They shone brighter and brighter before spreading out to form a glowing ring around her. Slowly, Mamanda, May opened her eyes. The glowing lights had faded. In their place were May's seven sisters, the seven elder daughters of the Dragon King. They swam towards May, movements graceful and sure. One by one, they embraced their youngest sister. Many moons has it been, sister of ours, since we've seen you last, spoke May's eldest sister, her blue-eyed gaze steady and impenetrable. Must be something special, or perhaps someone special, who has kept her little May away, quipped sister three, her amber eyes flecked with golden merriment. May colored rosily and thought of high. She gazed upon her sisters and began to speak. Chapter 21 The Choice Jiezi. Sisters, said May, I would like to stay. You may stay, replied Elder Sister, steady blue gaze resting on May. Our magic will last for four moons more. For four more moons, you may, you may stay. May swallowed. This she already knew. What she wanted to know was, Danshi, but what if I want to stay for more than four moons? May looked shyly around at her seven sisters. What if I wanted to stay? Several of May's sisters looked at each other in surprise. Sister three looked at May with a knowing smile, but gave a slight shake of her head. Elder sister showed no sign of surprise. She only sighed. It is possible, she began, and May's heart leapt for joy. But it is a path of tears and heartbreak, elder sister finished. May's smile faded slightly. Here, May's third sister continued on. As daughters of the sea, our sea hearts beat in tune with the ocean tides. As long as they continue to rise, to fall, we daughters of the sea exist, and like the ocean tides, we may visit land to see its wonders and marvel at its beauty. May's other sisters nodded in agreement. 
several pairs of eyes misting over in memory of their own past visits to land many, many years ago. However, Sister Three added, like the tides from whence we came, we all must return to sea. Immortals like us cannot remain on land. Only humans may. And that, said Elder Sister, is the terrible possibility you seek. She looked again at May. The only way for you to remain past your twelve moons is to become truly human. May's mind whirled. But then she thought about the beauty held in a single seed, the sunshine contained in a piece of fruit. She thought of the tales the villagers told, recreated, and told anew, and she thought of High's quiet smile and steady hands. Her decision was made, had already been made, perhaps, the very first night she decided to leave. I choose this, May told her sisters, ceased her eyes as steady as they had been on that very first night. Please, tell me how. May's sisters looked at each other. Sister Three whispered to Sister Two, and they both turned their eyes toward May, one smiling in approval, the other in sadness. May's fourth sister said nothing, her green eyes unreadable. Sisters five, six, and seven were quiet too, their hands clasped in each other's as they gazed at little May. Eldest sister fixed a piercing blue gaze on May and finally replied, To become human, you must love, and be loved in return. To become fully mortal, both you and the one who loves you must choose to surrender your immortality. But... May began confused. Hi, thinks me a village girl. He knows nothing of my past. May's second sister shook her head and took May's hands in her own. Her eyes, the same ruby red as her sea heart, were sad as she spoke. Ah, dear May, your high must accept you fully as you are, as the eighth daughter of the southern seas. But rare is a mortal who has such a welcoming heart. You must remember, Elder Sister cut in, that you may not reveal your magic before him, for should you try to make him believe, your young man will perish and his heart will cease to beat. May gazed at her elder sister, face glazed in shock. Belief cannot be forced, little one, Elder Sister whispered, lifting a hand to stroke May's cheek. A hint of sadness tinged her voice. Oh, Tindleman, that was our story for this week. A bit of a sad note to end on. For what will May do? Should she risk Kai's life by revealing her secret? Or should she give up on becoming human and return to the sea once her twelve moons on land are up? And what's up with that dastardly Shah? I almost forgot that he was sneak listening in the cave corner. To find out, tune in next time to find out more in part 8 of Pearl, a Chinese mermaid story. And lastly, a note, Panda Cup Stories and Pearl will be on pause for three weeks and will return on August 17th. 
So my boyfriend and I will be moving to New York at the end of July, and I'll need some time to move, set up a new studio, aka the corner of our tiny living room where I will keep my microphone. Um, so once we're settled in, I will be back and publishing podcasts. So, so happy you've made it this far with me, and I'll see you in mid-August. Be sure to subscribe to follow along. This episode was written and produced by Linda Yi. Chinese translations were provided by Zoe, Lila, and multiliteracy advice provided by Kevin M. Wong.